Thank you for listening to the podcast of John Thiel Maasbach. We hope it inspires you and pray this message will bless you. Hello, my dear listeners. We are taking a journey with Elijah from Gilead to Mount Carmel. And I hope and I pray that you really will be lifted up in your spirit and encouraged. And also that you will learn a lot of things maybe that you did not know in your life as you were going through certain seasons and times that you were actually also on a journey from Gilead all the way to Mount Carmel. And of course, with Mount Carmel, we mean that glorious moment when Elijah stood there in front of all those idol worshipers and the whole nation who did not know what to believe anymore. And he called upon the name of the Lord and the Lord answered with fire. And there was that great victory there. And we believe, I believe, because God's word says it, that there is victory for you. There is always victory and the sun will shine. Maybe you are in a dark time at the moment in your life, but it's always darkest just before the sun rises. And we know the sun will rise in your life. Believe it. Believe it not just because I'm saying it, John Masbach, but believe it because God has said it in his word and he cannot lie. Well, we just left that place at the brook Cherit where the waters dried up and God brings us to these places where waters that he has given us to drink from dry up. And it's very important that you know that It's not his anger or because he does not love you that he brings you to a place where waters dry up, but that the water dries up is important for us because it teaches us not to trust his gifts, but to trust upon him himself. He is always there. He is the source that never fails. We need to turn from those drying brooks to the one who never dries up. And know that it's not those means or methods or things that God gave to supply for a season that supplied us. They were just means and methods. But it's him himself, God Almighty, who is the source who is supplying. And he will find different ways. So just as the word says in John chapter 4, verse 13 and 14, Jesus answered her, you know, that woman at the well, He said, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again, but the water that I give him will become in him a spring of water, satisfying his thirst for God, welling up, continually flowing, bubbling within him to eternal life. I like that scripture, my dear friends that he has these means and methods that he supplies, but it's not that we drink from them and think they are the source. We know who the source is. The source is our living God. And when a means or method dries up, oh, we can get so nervous and so anxious and we feel that God has left us and we cry out, where are you, Lord? But it was only a means and a method. He, the source himself, is still there. And he can supply, if he could send food through the ravens, oh, my dear friend, then he can do it another way also, just as easily. And he will do it. So after that brook at Cherit had dried up, he commanded Elijah, and he said, you need to go to Sarapath. 
Now, Sarapod is a very important place. And the time that we have left over today, we need to talk about this very important place. But let me just introduce it in a different way. There are these beautiful bushes that have become so beautiful because several times they have been placed from one place to another. They have been transferred. Now, don't believe I'm telling you go from one church to another church. I don't believe in church hopping in that way. But there are times that God will move us. But also within that church, we can be moved from one place to another, maybe in ministry. But there are other ways in our life that we can experience change. And that's the very thing I want to talk about today. Change. Change can make us nervous. Change can feel like a disappointment, or it can bring us into panic that we feel that that change will destroy us, or we feel that change means that God has left us, or that change will make everything to fail. But it's that very change that can bring a manifestation of the character of Christ in us, that will develop Christ in us so many times, even within a church. We can be so rusted in one place. I remember as a pastor that there was this lady, this wonderful sister, and she cleaned the toilets for so many years, and she did it so faithfully. But after so many years of doing that, I thought, well, it's time for somebody else to do that, and let me bring her into another season, into another ministry. So I brought that change in the church. Well, I did it carefully because I knew it was something that was so dear to her heart. But a few weeks later, she stood in front of me and she was crying and angry at the same time. And she felt like she had failed because she had lost her ministry of cleaning the toilets and she was not ready for that change at all. And she did not want that change at all. I think many pastors who are listening, you will know what I'm talking about. I thought I was doing something wonderful for her. I thought I was bringing her into a new season and bringing her into some new ministry that could bless her. But she said, oh, John, bring me back to those toilets. Well, I obeyed her voice. I brought her back to the toilets. But I think she missed out on something. And it's not because I was angry at her. It's not because she failed miserably. It's not because she was not faithful at all. No, all these things were there and brought this change about to bring her into something new. But she did not want that new thing. And in that same way, change can be something that we dread, that we fear, that we Uh, move against and we become rebellious against that change. And it can be so difficult for pastors, but I think it's difficult for the Lord himself to bring change in our lives. But that change is sometimes so necessary to move us and to to get us to, uh, you know, we can be so stuck in doing things and, and stuck in a mindset and stuck in an attitude and stuck Well, we're just stuck there and it's okay. It can be a good place, but the Lord is wanting to move us forward. And in another way to illustrate this, and let me tell you, this all has to do with that place, Sarapath. Another way to illustrate it is in Jeremiah 48, verse 11. It says, Moab has been at ease from his youth. He has also been undisturbed. 
and settled like wine on his dregs, and he has not been emptied from one vessel to another, nor has he gone into exile. Therefore his flavor remains in him, and his scent has not changed. Well, you might think, well, that's a good thing, John, that he has remained in the same flavor and in the same scent. But in this matter, it was a negative thing. You see, wine or grape juice as it is, as it is in one barrel, the drag and the things that make it unpure, they settle to the ground. And then they pour it into another vessel, the top liquid. And it is more pure than it was in the old state. In the new barrel, again, the same process happens. All the drag and the stuff that does not belong there, it settles to the bottom. And again, they pour the liquid out into a new barrel. And the new barrel is filled with more pure liquid again, as in the barrel before. And this happens several times until at the end, all that drag and stuff that does not belong there, the impurity and even the scent that is not so pleasant, it's all left behind in those old barrels as it has been brought from barrel to barrel. And at the end, there you have that pure, wonderful liquid that is smelling nice and is looking nice and is ready for use. And so that's what that scripture in Jeremiah means. And that's also in our life the case. And it's also in the life of Elijah as he is moving from Gilead through those different places all the way to Mount Carmel. And so it is also in your life, in my life, my friend. God will bring change. He will allow change. And that change that we dread and that can be very uncomfortable at times is necessary because it purifies us. It brings us into a change not only of position and of place, but also of attitude and of character. And that was what was happening with Elijah as he was moving from Gilead to Jezreel to the brook Cherith, and now here in Sarapath. Very important things that he was being taught by the Lord Almighty. Number one is that faith waits upon the plan of the Lord. Maybe you say, John, I know God's plan for my life. But just knowing that plan of God for your life, and it's a little pretentious to think that you know the whole plan of God for your life, but I do understand that maybe you know a certain purpose or a certain thing that God has put on your heart that he wants to fulfill through you. But it's not just knowing that, that part of the plan that has been revealed to you, It's walking in that plan as God develops it and brings it to become a reality in and through your life. And that's where we miss it so many times. As we are so focused on that part of the plan that we know, we are trying to fulfill it. We are rushing in. We are running. But faith, and that's why it's faith, waits for God's plan to become a reality And that's difficult, my friend. I know there are times that we feel, oh, it's not a problem for me at all, John. No, I know those times in my life too. No, it's not a problem for me. But there were times that God had me to wait, and that waiting was difficult. I see in the Bible, that's the time that most people go astray while they have to wait. And we wait and wait 
and wait. And while we are waiting, we start to doubt. We start to get involved in different things. We start to move in different directions. And we miss what God wants to do at his timing. Or just think of that example of Saul who had to wait for Samuel to bring the sacrifice, but he did not wait anymore. You can read it in 1 Samuel chapter 13, where Samuel said to Saul, what have you done? And Saul starts to explain, well, I saw that the people were scattering away and this and that and and so and so. And he gives all these excuses. But the Lord says through Samuel, you have acted foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you, for if you had obeyed. In other words, if you would have waited, if you would have waited, obedience and waiting, that's, that's similar in this, in this situation and also many times in our situation, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. But now he has given it to someone else. Well, this is what happens in our life when we don't wait, but faith waits. Doubts can come and people can talk to us. Why aren't you and aren't you supposed to? And why didn't the pastor, et cetera, et cetera. And that makes us to move in the flesh. But faith will wait. He will say, faith will say, I know whom I'm trusting upon, not on the methods, not on the brook chariot itself. I'm trusting upon the source, the source. He has taught me at the brook chariot that even if the source dries up, I will wait upon the Lord. That's why David in the Psalm says, wait upon the Lord. And again, I say, wait upon the Lord. Yes, he has to repeat that. And that's important. Isn't it Jesus who says the son can do nothing of himself unless it is something he sees the father doing for whatever things the father does, the son in his turn also does in the same way. He does it when, when he sees the father doing it. He doesn't just do it because he can do it by himself. No, he says, I can do nothing by myself, but it's also the when. I only do it when I see the father doing it. So that always goes hand in hand. Another thing that God was teaching him, that God's plans, they ask of us. Well, I should say they demand of us real obedience, an obedience, a trust, an obedience that we will follow the Lord when he tells us to follow, where he tells us to follow, and we will do it wholeheartedly. Well, to live in an obedience like that, an unconditional obedience, that's someplace where you need to be brought by the Lord. That's something that needs to be taught to us. That's not something we automatically do. Well, there are times we do it when it's in line with our plans, when God's plan is in line with our plan, well, then it's easy to obey, then it's easy to wait, then it's easy, etc., etc. But when his plan is contrary to what we believe or when we think it should happen or how we believe it should happen, then it becomes a difficulty in our life, but not for Elijah, because Elijah was already taught to be obedient. And so it says, so he set out and he went to Sarapat. Well, important that is to us as an example that when God says it, we do it and we follow him. And another thing is that that unconditional obedience will many times bring us into a melting oven. That is the working place 
of the Lord where he purifies us, and that's an important place to go in your life. But don't go there on your own accord. Let the Lord bring you there in his time when he feels it's right, because if you're not in that melting oven in the time of the Lord, you will not make it successfully out. But sarapat actually means melting oven. Did you know that, my friend? That the word sarapat, the place sarapat, actually means, you can look it up, it means melting oven. It's a place just outside of Canaan, and even that place was also hit by the drought, as Canaan was hit by the drought. You know, that drought was there for three and a half years. And to go there, Elijah had to move from the brook Cherit to Sarapot, a journey of 150 kilometers, which is a long journey, over 100 miles. And he had to go there in a time when the whole of Israel was looking for him, and especially Ahab was looking for him, trying to kill him and trying to bring him to his knees. But the Lord brought him to Sarapot because the Lord said, there I have commanded a widow to take care of you. So he went there, and when he comes there and he meets that widow, well, it's also, it can be a sermon by itself. There were many widows, Jesus said, in the time of Elijah in Israel, but he was sent to that widow that was outside of Canaan in Sarapat. And Jesus said there were many widows in Israel, but he was sent to that widow that was in Sarapat. There was something, a seed of faith in the heart of that widow that was different than all the other widows that were in Israel. She had something unique. And when Elijah comes there, And he asks her, bring me some water. She said, sure, I'll get you a cup of water. And then he said, also bring me a piece of bread. And that question opened the door for that widow to pour out her need and to tell him about the situation. Oh, I don't have anything. I don't even have a crumb of bread in my house anymore. I just have this little handful of flour and a little bottom, a little bit of oil. I'm going to make my last meal. My son and I will eat of it, and then we will die of hunger. (laughs) Isn't it funny how some of these questions can open up the door for us to pour out our terrible situation and the misery that we are in? Well, isn't this a wonderful situation? God said, I have commanded a widow to take care of you. He gets sent all the way to Sarapat. And he comes there and the widow says, I don't even have a crumb of bread in my house. Well, Elijah could have said, Lord, what have you done? Why did you bring me to this place? I just had this whole journey of over a hundred miles and I'm here now. I'm tired. I'm weak. I need something to eat. I need something of substance in my life. But you send me to this widow who doesn't even have a crumb of bread in her house. How will she take care of me. But you know, Elijah, he had hope in his voice and he had something inside of him that he knew his source, his source. The source is not that women, just as that brook chariot was not the source, but Sarapat was a very important place for him. It was a melting oven. And next time we will just continue and finish on Sarapot. 
because that is an important place that you will recognize also in your life. God will bring you to the melting oven. God will bring you to a Sarapath. But there are wonderful things happening in Sarapath. It will bring you out pure as gold that has been brought out through the fire and it will do something good in your life. And maybe you are in Sarapath right now and you're not understanding why am I here? Why did God bring me here? There's not a crumb of bread in this place to take care of me. Why am I here? I'm in such a terrible state and situation and God brings me to this place and it feels like even worse. I'm even worse off now than I was before. But my friend, God is with you. And I'm going to pray for you right now because God took care of Elijah and of that widow and her son in Sarapath. And he will take care of you and supply whatever you need in Sarapath, in your melting oven. He is with you. He said, when you go through the fire, I am there. I am there. Oh, he was with those young Hebrew boys who went in that fiery oven and they came out without a scratch, without a burn, without even the scent of fire upon them. Oh, they came out in glory and were exalted. You're going to come out. Hallelujah. Say it with me. I'm going to come out. You're going to come out in glory and stronger than you were before. Lord, I pray for my listener as we are journeying together, together with Elijah, together with all those millions of your children who have went through the storms of life, who have been brought into Sarapot, into the melting oven, and who were purified in that place. You are purifying your church. You are purifying my listener. You are purifying us to bring us out, Lord, shining as pure, shining gold. You will bring us out stronger and more valuable than we were before. And Lord, while we are here in this place, you are with us. You never leave us, never forsake us. You are with us. And if you are with us, oh Lord, everything we need is with us. Thank you that you are with my listener, that you are helping them today. You are supplying in their needs, Lord. You are strengthening them this day. You are helping them to move forward, Lord. You will bring us out in your time, in the fulfillment of your plan and purpose. Oh, we believe it. And it will be glorious. Hallelujah and we will give you all honor, glory, and praise. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Do you wish to listen to more messages? Go to themessagestation.com. Also visit us at maasbach.com. 